Breaker One Nighter, GMB Posse, get your ears on for the GMB Fitness Skills Podcast, where we teach you how to get strong by practicing skills you actually care about and have fun in the process. I am Andy Fawcett. I'm not only the founder of the GMB Posse, I am also a client. On the other line is the hero of the GMB Epic Saga, Ryan Hurst, GMB's program director and head coach. Ryan, are you ready to rumble? Hello, Committee Frog here. Oh, wait, that's a different one. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm All right, go. get your hand out from the frog's uh, <laughs> nether regions, okay? <laughs> All right, so, Ryan, what's been up lately? You went camping. Yeah, man, took the family, threw them in the Jeep, Jeep Cherokee, and we headed down to the southern part of Japan to a place called Kirishima and um, did a little camping. Actually, though, I don't really consider it camping. Um, basically, pull your car up, you know, pitch a tent. I just had to say that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty interesting camping in Japan, but we did have a good time. It was nice. I uh, didn't have my cell phone turned on for a couple of days. Got to get away. And the family had a great time, and that's all that really matters. Cool. So, Well, the thing uh, I really want to ask you, uh, the, the question I, I, I have when – people go camping is so what did you do about meal timing and macronutrients well you know i made sure that i had a separate cooler that was just for me um i made sure that i had all my protein powders my um you weighed those ahead of time i did and okay. i went ahead and fixed <laughs> a week's worth of food on uh the previous day um put it in the freezer and uh, i was good to go so uh make good, sure good. that i had the timer my timer was with me mm -hmm. um i also woke up in the middle of the night just to make sure that i had my protein shake so I could keep um, make sure that I wouldn't lose any muscle so you could adequately pinch pitch a, a tent in the morning <laughs> you are correct sir <laughs> all right all right good well okay just wanted to check on that good so that's awesome um, so few things uh, cool going on in a GMB community lately uh, we put this on Facebook a couple days ago uh, but I also want to formally on the podcast welcome uh, Rachel Honeyman to the GMB team. She is the newest member of uh, of what we do here. Rochelle. That's that's our new name for her. Um, Rochelle. That sounds that sounds like a drag queen. That's what I'm going to call her from now on because I know she'd love it. Rachel's not near tall enough to be a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have some uh, short little girls on uh, staff with us, don't we? We Amber, do. We do. Little munchkin, you know, love her to death, and uh, now we got another little munchkin. So this is this is good stuff. So. I don't know how they'd take to being called munchkins, but they are they are both uh, very small. <laughs> <laughs> women um so anyway rachel is uh doing uh video editing and some some help with uh some of the marketing and email setup and stuff and uh so she's here and she's part of the team and uh so if you're listening to this and you haven't yet go over to facebook and say hi to rachel uh because she's really sweet and nice Great girl. Uh, the other thing that I'm very, very excited about, so we've always had this idea that we wanted to help out good causes, and uh, we, we feel pretty passionately about uh, you know, the idea that as a business, the, the goal, of course, you know, we, we need to make money to survive and stuff, but if we're going to be running a business, that we want to be giving back to the community and supporting uh, causes that we think are important. Uh, we've got a pretty good history of uh, donating money and time to charities. Last year, we donated about, uh, we raised and donated about 18,000 plus dollars to various charities. 
and I hope this year we can maybe even do a little better than that. But we officially now have a brand new charity that we're going to be supporting on an ongoing basis. Uh, do you want to uh, talk about that, Ryan? So Andy and I were talking, and we are thinking of ways that we could help out kids. Really want to give back to the community, like Andy was saying. And Rachel actually found a great charity, and this charity is Books for Africa. Uh, you know, all of us here at GMB, we love to read, um, and we just think that this is a great way uh, that we can give back, and especially the fact that it's books, again, like I said, because we love to read. Basically, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you are exceptionally privileged. Uh, anyone who has a computer, has a iPod or internet connection or whatever, uh, you know, it's very, very easy for us to take for granted that we have schools that are stocked with books, we have libraries, we have a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, to, to educate ourselves and get ahead in life and in the world. But what Books for Africa does is they actually collect books um, and they ship them over to Africa and they give them to people that otherwise would not be able to have books at all. Uh, and what they do with them is they, they send them to schools, they send them to churches and other places, but the, the end result is that they get them in the hands of people who otherwise would not have books to learn to read on. And so from now on, we're going to be donating all the proceeds from GMB t-shirt sales to Books for Africa. So that means that when you buy a GMB t-shirt, we actually are able to fund uh, 10 people to get a book. So that's 10 people that you help uh, get an opportunity to be more educated, to learn how to, learn, uh, how to read, to be literate, and to improve, uh, to improve their lives pretty much immeasurably. Um, you know, literacy is something that in, in Japan is uh, taken for granted totally. In America is often taken for granted, but in a lot of places, it's not something you can take for granted. So uh, everyone go buy GMB t-shirts. Um, yeah. Because not only are they extremely comfortable and sexy looking, but they also are uh, for a good cause and helping people out uh, who, who really need it. Um, so moving on, you know, if, you, if you're online much, if you're looking at health and fitness information, you've seen, you know, the one weird trick for a six-pack kind of ads and things like that. Everyone's, you know, everyone wants a six-pack. Everyone thinks a six-pack would be pretty hot. I mean, you know, uh, most people at least want a six-pack. Um, six-pack abs, apparently, is uh, it sells. You know, it's like sex, six-pack sell. Um, and so it seems like it's really popular lately. A lot of people are, uh, are uh, abs hacking. They're hacking their abs. <laughs> They're, uh, <laughs> hacking is, is, a, is a word that I think is misappropriated a lot. But, uh, but lately, uh, it's coming up with people trying to get a six-pack. Um, so, Ryan, Ryan, what do you think about abs hacking? Um, obviously, it's the internet, and it really doesn't matter what you look like in real life as long as you can use Photoshop and put a really awesome photo of your abs on the internet. I mean, that's what it's about, really, isn't it? Yeah. People like to like to brag. You know, they go on some ridiculous diet for, like, yeah. you know, a couple of months. Yeah. They, they do, like, P90X or CrossFit, and they... they you know, get themselves really, really skinny, and their their skin gets taut, and and they start to look kind of gray around their facial area. <laughs> they start looking like Skeletor, but their body fat comes off. They're like, "Oh, look, everyone! I've got a six pack. I'm a fitness guru now. I can teach you how to do it too." As long as you shave and oil up, it's important. It's important. Well, the thing is, most people 
with a six pack you know it's not actually a six pack it's it's good lighting from above yeah. with oil with like cooking oil sprayed on your abdominal region that <laughs> makes it look like you have more definition there than you actually do uh but the point being though just because you go on a no carb diet for six weeks does not mean you should be teaching anyone how to get a six pack yeah, uh, and especially if you look like skeletor well, actually, I shouldn't say that because Skeletor was actually pretty, pretty buff. He was pretty, pretty buff. Rich. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, like uh, Jarlo actually recently uh, wrote in a blog post. You know, just because I make a, a mean fried chicken doesn't mean I'm going to be putting out a cookbook anytime soon. But just because somebody is able to take one picture or maybe five pictures of them with something resembling a six pack does not mean that there's somebody that should teach you how to get fit. Taking yeah, a picture with a six-pack does not make you an expert on fitness or health. That's the point that I really want to get across. Oh, it's, it's very valid, too. I mean, there's a lot, I, I shouldn't say this, but a lot of hucksters out there. And um, really, you know, anyone can get a six-pack. But just because you have a six-pack, for one, doesn't mean you're necessarily healthy. And as Andy said, it doesn't mean that you're a fitness expert. Yeah. So... Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that any that everyone that's talking about six packs is a bad person. I actually uh recently uh Derek from Greatest also did a six week abs experiment and he actually wrote very candidly about it that yeah, he got something that's close to a six pack under photo shoot type conditions, but it was hell getting there. He'd probably never never do it again given the choice. You know, that's very honest and he's also not selling a course on how to get a six pack either. So yeah, you got to respect that. Not everyone is so honest about it. And so that's why, you know, disclaimer, having a six-pack doesn't make you an expert on fitness. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway, a lot of this comes down to, like, photo shoots. Um, and a few months ago, I found this really great video of a guy uh, basically saying that photo shoots for before and after pics uh, with fitness products are basically BS. And more often than not, uh, there's a few little tricks that people use to manipulate these before and after pictures, and a lot of times they're just faked. Ryan, you, you know, you've done it, so you've actually done photo shoots for various yeah, things. You, you've yeah. shaved your uh, chest, you've done the oil and the lighting and everything. You betcha. Um, so, yeah, so tell much. us about it. And that's the thing, you know, something that's interesting over here in Japan, and it's like this pretty much everywhere in the world, but when I was doing a magazine uh, shoot over here in Japan, they want to make sure that you look the part. And so in my case, they wanted me to actually lose weight before the shoot. And so just so I could... But not necessarily look better, but look a certain part for the audience that they were after. Now... Really, I think that's ridiculous, but it all comes down to the lighting and, you know, how you're standing and things like that. Yeah, posture actually makes as much of a difference as anything in showing off a six-pack. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know, that's the thing. Um, I remember when we were doing F, F1, F floor one, didn't, didn't we do 
we were messing around on the balcony. Yeah, we were messing around, and I did a before and after shot before with my, after with my. I remember that. Yeah. I don't know. That was that was pretty funny. Actually. We didn't so, actually show it. I don't know if we have the pictures, but we did me going from tubby to six pack in about thirty seconds. Yeah, it was awesome. So uh, <laughs> we should find that somewhere. But yeah, it is. It's it's delighting, and if, you know, you've probably seen. Um, everyone takes their before photo. If they have chest hair, they'll take it with. Um, as is and then you'll notice in the last photo they're they shaved their body oiled up and got a tan yeah and so and that's a big thing so yeah. uh, and actually like this is video that i was talking about the guy actually took his before picture afterwards oh, he actually, really? yeah what he did is he actually uh you know cut all his carbs uh cut all his salt and uh dehydrated himself and you know, sprayed down with some cooking oil and took the pictures really ripped. And then after that, what he did is he ate some, you know, like a bag of chips and a two liter of Coca-Cola to blow himself up really big and uh, washed off all the oil and then took another picture in really bad lighting. And it looked like, you know, the standard before and after pick, but he actually took the before pick after the after pick. That's, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty yeah, I'm actually going to link to that uh, on the blog post for this uh, podcast. So uh, if you want to watch that, you should definitely check it out. It's, it's entertaining. All right. So moving on, a uh, couple of questions uh, people have asked us that we want to answer. Uh, first one, recently we posted after much, much prodding uh, for several months. Yeah. I finally posted the definitive ultimate Diet? No, not really. But uh, the, the the kind of semi-official sort of GMB nutritional guidelines, and I, I I choose those words carefully. It's not a diet plan. It's not the ultimate diet. It's not any. It's just nutritional guidelines. I like the word nutrition a lot more than diet. Diet implies a lot of things, but nutrition is actually uh, more of a central issue to me, uh, and I think to health in general and. Uh, so that that's on the blog. You should check that out. But one of the comments that came up, uh, one of the questions that came up, uh, was about protein. And you know, obviously, we think that you know, eating a good amount of meat is important. Yep. Um, I eat a lot of meat. Uh, Jarlo eats fried chicken. <laughs> fried chicken. Uh, whenever he can. Um, you know. So we think meat is important, and so obviously anyone who's vegetarian or vegan is going to be like, well, what do you, why do you, I don't know about all that protein. Well, here's the thing. There's, there was a study, uh, and there may have been others, but they've escaped my attention, but there was a study that was done a long time ago on people who had had kidney problems. People who had already had kidney problems. And the study was to determine the effects of a high-protein diet on people who were recovering from kidney issues. And so it showed that some people of those had more problems on a high-protein diet after their kidneys were already in trouble. But the thing is, that does not mean that a healthy person is going to have, like, adrenal fatigue and kidney problems because they have a lot of protein. You should not be afraid of protein. That said, you probably don't need as much protein as the bodybuilder magazines say. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't need to have multiple protein shakes with, you know, 50 grams of protein. Probably 100 grams of protein a day is, is good for most people up to like, you know, 100 pounds. You know, one gram per 
pound of body weight a day of protein is, I'd say, probably plenty for most mm -hmm. people who are working out. Uh, you don't need much more than that. Uh, getting too much isn't going to help you. It's just excess calories. But you also don't need to be afraid of protein. It's not going to cause, uh, you know, premature aging. It's not going to cause, you know, anything really bad. There's no proof that it would. You know, so Ryan, you you drink your shakes. Are you are you afraid of uh, kidney failure? Yeah, that really frightens me. Um, no, actually, my shake, the shakes that I drink are only after my workouts. And so um, I do eat a lot of protein. Um, I'm here in Japan, so a lot of my protein actually comes from fish. Yeah. Um, and that being raw fish, we like the sashimi over here. However, uh, I like a good steak. And so... Not too worried about that. I think everything, though, in moderation. If you overdo it, just like Andy was saying, there's too much of, of a good thing is still too much. So don't you don't need to overload yourself on protein. Um, shakes, as far as that, if you're getting the majority of your protein from a shake, there's something wrong. Try and focus on real food to get your protein. Um, Absolutely. Again, I just drink my shake after my workout, and that's it. Yeah. And, you know, while we're on the topic of, of this, you know, people ask about protein. And then, so if we're talking about eating a lot of meat, then that sounds suspiciously like yield paleo diet. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, and so here's actually one of my pet peeves. Now that the paleo diet is popular, a lot of people say, oh, I, I'm about 90% paleo. Well, what, what does that really mean? And I, I, a lot of people have said that. I've even said this before, so I'm not really picking on anyone. But, you know, lately my, my kind of attitude has changed. You know, it, if you're 90% if you're paleo, if you're 80% paleo, then what is that? What's the other 10 or 20%? Rice cakes? You know? Doritos? Cool Ranch Doritos? Is that what you're eating 20% of your diet? <laughs> So, you know, paleo, it's kind of, like, kind of like saying you're just a little bit pregnant. You yeah, either are exactly. Or not. Exactly. Because paleo is a pretty restrictive diet plan. You know, the paleo diet, as, as written down by the gods of paleo, you know, the paleo diet is pretty restrictive. So when you say you're like 80% paleo, that actually means that you, you eat, you know, you eat meat and vegetables and a lot of stuff that isn't paleo. So you're actually like not paleo, is what that means. But that's not bad. Because no, I, not bad. Yeah, not bad. I personally don't think paleo is good for most people for the long term. Uh, and I know this is going to incur the wrath of the paleo community. That's fine. I don't mind. I think that rice is all right for you. I think that potatoes are great for you, especially if you're trying to gain weight. And I think that ice cream is really good for you. <laughs> because, I mean, I like ice cream. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's, that's, you know, just something to keep in mind, you know, just because paleo is cool doesn't mean that you have to define your own diet in terms of paleo. Yeah, uh, and you got to find what works for you, too. Exactly. So that's the most important thing. Exactly. Even if somebody's saying, yeah, you got to go XX whatever diet or nutrition, hey, that's great. Try it out, figure out what works for you, and then stick with that. Yeah. So another question we've had is that, you know, Ryan talks about play. And that's actually, you know, when we have the four phases of the GMB programs and we get to the flow level, and we say that one of the goals is play. So, Ryan, could you be, you know, give us some examples, be a little more specific. What do you mean by play? Does that mean that you should, like, you know, join a, a softball league? 
Well, hey, if you want to play softball, sure. That's great. Uh, but in terms of GMB and what we're after, the play comes in, again, phase four. Let me go through the phases quickly once more. So phase one would be where we're building the strength, working on the necessary foundation to get us into the skill work, which comes in phase two. Uh, start working on um, skills, obviously. Then uh, phase three is where we put those skills together into um, components, the, putting the components together, and then ultimately leading up to the flow. Now the flow is where we take all the skills that we learn and put them into one long routine. So when we're talking about play, ultimately there's one other phase, and that phase would be the last one, and that's free flow. Basically, um, instead of having a flow that, or a routine where we say, okay, A, B, C, D, what you'll do is you'll take these movements that you've learned up until now and mix them up and play around with seeing if you can make up some other kinds of routines. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about play. We want to be able to move our body in a way um, that allows us the freedom to do whatever we want with these particular movements. That's why we're sticklers as far as the working on the foundation to make sure that you have the strength and the proper technique to be able to do that because if you just try and jump in to do these movements and play around well i say play meaning with the flow then you might have some trouble now another example of play would be where you can take a particular skill and rather than focus on particular sets or reps uh, you can actually just practice that particular movement let's take for example um What's a good example? Maybe something, um, let's talk about the parallettes. Let's say that you're trying to work on a handstand on the parallettes. Now, if you don't have a handstand on the ground first, this is going to be difficult. However, once you get the handstand on the ground, you can move up into the parallettes. And one way that you can start working and playing with this movement is by taking your parallettes and pushing them up against the wall. Then what you can do is take your hands closer to the wall and then kick up into a handstand. You're not thinking about how, you're not thinking about reps, you're not thinking about sets, you're just trying to get up in a handstand and get comfortable and play around with this handstand on the parallettes. That's one another example of play. Yeah, oh. and uh, another thing to you know to mention is that you know play isn't always just about you know a workout. You know, Ryan has talked to given a couple examples of how you know your training can be play, but I mean also play sometimes just means playing or you know whatever whatever activities you happen to be doing uh, at any time you know being able to enjoy those and and have the reserve of strength and skill and balance and agility and flexibility and everything you need to be able to do those things without thinking about them yeah and that's to give another example exactly what i did last week while i was on vacation camping with my kids and that was we were up in the mountains and um we we're hiking around and, and just playing we we're running around in the fields and things like that now that's a good example of play. Another example of play that I like to do is to run around and chase after my dog and have my dog chase after me. Now, my dog, Bree, uh, Staffordshire Bull Terrier, loves to play with her ball. And so sometimes I'll play games with her where I will throw the ball and try and beat her to the ball. It's never happened before. She's pretty fast. But <laughs> that's another example of play. Or I'll take her ball. And I won't give it to her, and I'll just run around and she'll chase after me, and I'll try and get away from her. Sounds silly, but that's a heck of a workout without thinking about anything but having fun and laughing 
playing around with my dog. So those are just a couple examples of play uh, in regards to what we're after here in GMB. Okay, well, that sounds really, really nice and fun and everything, but let's get serious now. Um, you know, when you're playing with your dog, uh -huh. don't you really feel that that's actually a mortal battle between man and beast? Basically, yes. I mean, because that's what we're after. Yeah. Is, is, you know, because we're warriors. We're warriors. It's the warrior mindset that we have to have in order to survive in this world. And yeah, that's and you know, the it's number not one about enemy. really having fun. It's about training as a warrior. Exactly, because every day is a battle. Every day. Every day is a battle. And who's the true enemy, Ryan? Who's the true enemy? The true enemy? Well, you know, I could say, well, I'll hold back, because the true enemy is ourself. And yeah, and that's stupid. If, you, <laughs> if your true enemy is you... What kind of way is that to live your life? If you're whole, if yeah. you wake up in the morning and you're thinking, how can I battle myself? How can I defeat my weak self? How can I, you know, that's just stupid. It is silly. It is silly. And, um, you know, the real warriors out there, the people who, who are literally on the battlefield and actually fighting, those are the warriors out there. And, sure, we can play warrior in our backyard like we did when we were little kids and we can try and be think of us as warriors in our workouts but really you know the warriors out there are the people who are actually fighting real battles and trying to survive literally not yeah. just yeah know, i want to spread my but those people out there who are in danger and who are protecting other people those are the warriors out there for me to call myself a warrior i think would, would be extremely extremely patronizing and belittling to you know people who are actual warriors yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah yeah exactly. and you know i mean it's great that you want to work hard and it's great that that people you know, want to push themselves and, and want to, you know, overcome weakness or whatever. But, you know, I don't know. That's, that's, not, that's not war. And that's just, that's just learning. That's just trying. Sure. And you can be strong. I mean, go out there and just crush your workout if that's what you're doing. And we're not saying not work hard because I go out there and I do my workouts. I mean, I'm hitting it hard. But I'm not thinking, okay, I've got to go up there and just, just kill, kill this workout. I don't like that term. That sounds more warrior kind of thing to me. You know, go in there and do the best you can, have a great workout, and say, you know what, that was awesome, and then move on. I don't, you know, I don't want to say, yeah, I've got to go in there and perform like a Spartan, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's, that's just me. Hey, you know, if you, if you want to go out there and do that, good for you. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know what? If, if if you're in the middle of your workout and, you know, you should be focused when you're working out, definitely. But yeah. if you can't finish your workout and then laugh, then, you know, I think you're doing something wrong. Um, That's a good. I like that. That's good. We'll walk away and go, you know what? That was just awesome. That yeah. Was awesome. Yeah. You should you should be able to say that was awesome. You know, if, if you have if you have a positive feeling after your workout, I think that's definitely better than having like a a. A feeling like you're in a fight or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Anyway, uh, but you know, a lot of people don't know how to have fun, and a lot of people feel like their purpose in life is to take the fun out of things for other people too. 
That's right. And belittle other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think we need to talk a little bit about how to not be a dick online. And this is a tough one because it's, you know, a lot of people out there feel that they need to, like we were saying earlier, crush other people in order to prove that they're the best or something out there, you know? Um, Yeah. It's sad. I think it's really sad. Well, to quote Jarlo, uh, it's a good thing we have the internet now so we can comment on people's videos and say that, you know, doing a muscle up is not hard or doing a handstand push up is not hard or, you know, whatever. Uh, You know, there's a lot of keyboard cowboys out there and there's a lot of people that are actually working hard and are actually pretty strong. But just because you're working hard does not give you the right to belittle other people. Not everyone is going to have the same goals. Not everyone's starting from the same place. You know, if I see a fat guy, like, jogging and doing 10 push-ups, I say good for him. Yeah. I'm not going to say, oh, man, he can only do 10 push-ups. What a wuss. I don't know. That's juvenile, and that's stupid. And, uh, you know, don't be like that. Don't be that guy. Please, anyone, anyone listening to this, I beg you, don't be that guy. All right? Uh, that's that's not what life is about. So now that we finished Uncle Andy's crotchety old man life lessons, <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about a couple of things that are coming up. Ryan, you are deep in the research kitchen, cooking up, stirring the pot. What are you What are you making right now? Well, it's parallettes time, boys and girls, and uh, boy, is it uh, working on P two parallettes two. And a big thank you out there to the beta testers. They're really working hard and um, taking it to them, you know, making them into warriors. <laughs> and, uh, uh, working on uh, parallettes too. This this is an interesting this is an interesting one because you know Jarlo and Andy we were all talking yesterday and P two. I, I'm trying not to say too much because I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. But this is something that that a lot of people out there will be able to get right into. And so uh, we'll talk more about that later. But basically right now, working on P2, it's going to be a lot of fun stuff in there, a lot of uh, straight arm work, and, of course, you know, handstands, fun stuff like that. Um, Along those lines, too, we've got the ultimate guide to beginner's parallette training that we have up there right now. Yeah, it's it's available now, and everyone in the posse, uh, I actually just sent out the email not long ago, should be able to uh, find the link to the download page and go on and download that immediately. Uh, And anyone who's not a member of the posse uh, will find a link to this on the blog post for uh, this podcast uh, where they can sign up and get it. Yeah, and this is is just what I said. It's for beginners and introducing uh, parallel work. Uh, Check it out. Even if you aren't a beginner, there might be some information in there that you didn't know about. So uh, check that out. And as I mentioned, we're working on Parallettes 2 right now. So we'll have more information about that in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Um, and, and just a really good point there, uh, you know, no matter what your level, you can always learn more from the basics. You can always learn more from looking at the, the fundamental movements. Um, you know, uh, in, in, uh, in Zen, they call it beginner's mind, but it's not, even, it's not even something that we have to chalk up to some kind of like ancient Chinese secret. It's not, you know, just because something is oriental philosophy doesn't make it deep or better. But the point is, is that, Anytime that, even if you're an advanced, 
you know, level of whatever. Anytime you go back and look at the the, the fundamental aspects, you're always going to get some reminders. You know? That's right. Yeah, you know, you'll I've, be able to look at it from a fresh perspective. Exactly, because, exactly. Yeah, you know, I've played music for like over 25 years, and I still practice, you know, basic scales. You as well, uh, you know, have been a musician for for most of your life, um, and it's the same thing with uh, with with these skills that we're training here. Uh, you know, learning from the beginning stuff is always, always, always valuable, and it, it definitely pays to back up and check some of those resources and uh, remind yourself. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you like it, be sure to tell a friend. And uh, that's about it, you know? Spread the GMB love. Spread the GMB love. Spread it on nice and thick. Spread it with a plastic knife. You know, spread it like Grey Poupon on a hot dog. Spread it how you like. Um, (laughs) Even though I don't really recommend eating a lot of hot dogs. But, you know, some people are into that kind of thing. So, you know, spread it how you like. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you leave a review in iTunes for us or, or just, you know, get in touch with us and let us know what you think. Uh, so check us out at goldmedalbodies.com. Thanks for listening, and we are out.